0: Welcome to The View from the Penalty Box Podcast with Cam Connor. Classic hockey stories from one of hockey's toughest enforcers. Episode number 43. I'm Cam Connor with my son Chris.
1: And so we are excited. We finally have our first guest that we're interviewing. And Dad, we talked about who would be a great first guest. And you kept going back to the same person, Kim Claxon. So we'll probably talk for five-10 minutes now. And then we're going to go straight into the interview. We had a lot of questions that were just general to you. So we will save that for the next episode. We want to thank everyone for... Following you on Twitter, Cam Connor NHL, Instagram, Facebook. A Bunch of people have bought hats from us. Uh, view from the penalty box hats. I know we both have one. If you're interested, it's 25% off with the ViewFromThePenaltyBox.com slash merch M-E-R-C-H link. And again, if you have any questions, it's viewfromthepenaltybox at gmail.com. So, Dad, before we get into the Kim Claxon interview, for maybe people who aren't aware of Kim Claxon or if they need a refresher, why was he your number one choice? I'm a straight shooter, and I played with Kim in junior, I played against
0: him in pros, and in my opinion, now, there may be tougher guys out there, um, you know, depending who you played with and the experience that you had, you know, as a hockey player with other players, but for me, I saw Kim You know, he took on game after game after game. I didn't have as much balls as Kim did. Kim would fight anybody. And if you listen to our podcast, you know, I ask him, I said, Did you ever show were you ever afraid? And he gives you the reason why he did what he did consistently. He was fearless, he showed up, and every team Kim Claxon played for, he made them a better, better hockey team. And um, so, uh, you know, Kim was—he's old school. Uh, back when I played, and uh, the game is different today. It's not nearly as rough, and I've said that many times before. Listen to our podcast with Kim, and you'll hear some of his stories, and it'll just—it'll just back up what I've been saying. The game is different, and back when I played, it, it was tough frickin' hockey. Well, I
1: hope you enjoy the interview, and uh, Kim starts it off outside so there's a little bit of wind but then he comes inside i think within like three or four minutes so just stick out the beginning it's a really great interview thanks everyone yeah hi chris hey nice to meet you Uh, thanks so much for coming on the view from the penalty box podcast we have been talking about having a guest for like two and a half years now and every week we procrastinate and every time my dad says, if we're getting someone, the first guest has to be Kim Claxon. So thank you very much. You
0: know, Kim, uh, the, the truth is, is I've always, seriously, I'm not saying it because it's a podcast. It's the truth. I've always been a big fan of yours, always. And uh, it started back in junior, and you had more balls than anybody I ever played with or against. And that's the God's honest truth. And, um, you know, maybe I wasn't smart enough enough then. Well, you know what? I don't care. You impress me. You know, you impress me. Because, as you know, back in the WHA, the NHL, back in our days, it was pretty rough hockey. It was aggressive. Pretty well anything went. You go in front of the net, you get hurt. And today, if you stand in front of the net – Not a problem. Not a problem. What do you think of hockey today? What do I think
2: of hockey today? Good question, Cam. I think the playoffs are fun to watch. I agree. The referees have put the whistles away and let them play more. I don't like that they call so much during the year that the players that play 80 games then go into the playoffs aren't used to getting hit, aren't used to getting – getting stood up aren't used to that aren't they're going at top speed and they're not they're not conditioned and don't protect themselves for the playoffs and the playoffs is you work all year to get to the playoffs you work all year the playoffs is the is the creme to the creme these guys aren't ready for it so you see teams st louis has got a great team very physical very demanding very you know heavy defense heavy goaltender play a heavy game you look at teams like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is built for speed and finesse and uh, to drive the puck. If the referee isn't blowing the whistle,
0: if they're not making the calls, Pittsburgh's in trouble. You're right. But you know what, though, Kim? I might be jumping ahead here, but just by what you said, if we go back to the WHA days, when you ended up in Winnipeg, I, I played with Hedberg and Nielsen in the Ranger organization, and I got to know those guys. Great guys, great guys. They are, and we would talk about you. I would bring (laughs) you. You must have been bored. No, no, Kim, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm not BSing here. We would talk about you, Hedberg, and Nielsen. Hedberg was my roommate, and he just said, he just said, when Kim Coxon came to our team, he said, it changed. He said, teams would take advantage of us because we're all Swedes. They say when Kim Clarkson showed up, he said the whole game changed. These tough guys were no longer tough guys with Kim. And he had nothing, as as Oaf Nielsen had nothing but positives to say about you and how you brought the fun back into the game for them because they could play hockey. And that's pretty well what you're saying with Pittsburgh. You know, they got a finesse team like the Winnipeg Jets, only it's not as rough as it used to be and so no. you you know you can't even lift your stick up and, and touch somebody with a stick and all of a sudden you get a two minute for something
2: yeah my first uh my first year in the wha cam it was amazing it was a stick fight before a, you dropped your gloves it was a full-fledged stick swinging duel before it was a sword fight every night you would have two or three sword fights and then you get in a fight it was crazy it was just unbelievable.
0: I, get, I had 359 minutes or something crazy that year. And, you know, when we spoke on the phone the other day, I kind of brought up a couple of things that you didn't even know I was on the team. So in Victoria, I was 19, you were 18. I get to training camp, and I'd, I'd heard somebody, I didn't know anybody in Victoria, but they talked. somebody talked about Kim Clark's the tough guy. And uh, all I remember, okay, kind of noted who you were. The very first scrimmage we had, we were on the same team. I said, well, this is good. I don't have to fight the guy. And then halfway through the scrimmage, the whistle goes, and the coach says, "Uh, Kim, you go to that other team and trade jerseys with that defenseman. So I said, okay, they're setting us up. And sure enough, the puck goes into your corner. You carried it behind the net. Instead of moving it, you kept it between your feet and I'm coming and I'm coming and you're not moving it. I said, okay, here we go. And I hit you at both of us, the gloves are off and we had a good fight behind the net. And what I also remember, Kim is so a day or two or three later, we went to Powell river for two exhibition games against lumberjacks. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, um, Ray Schultz was on that team. We took that little black, a little
2: ferry across there on the yeah. way back, and all the guys got sick in the ferry. You remember That's that? True.
0: That's true. That's true. Good yeah. memory. And yeah. so we get to, we got to Powell, and the first game, I was in the lineup. You were not in the lineup, and they took advantage of us something awful. You know, they didn't pick on me. They left me alone, but I didn't feel close to that team. And so I didn't go out of my way to protect anybody. And uh, you said to me, I hope I'm playing the second game. And sure enough, they put you in the lineup the second game. And all the tough guys on the other team were playing tough because they thought it was going to be another game like the game before. And you went out there and you took on two or three of their tough guys. That game slowed right down into no more physical game. They played the game against the juniors, but you straightened them all out. And I'll never forget that. And so I, you don't remember that, but you did. I, I remember that game. I remember I remember headhunting. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I well, you did a good job. Then I remember the coach took me aside in Victoria, and he told me I was the <laughs> biggest disappointment in training camp and that I had to get traded, and I had New Westminster Bruins interested in me and flint-flon bombers. So – he said, where do you want to go? Well, I wanted to go with Patty Janelle. So I said, I'll go to Flint Flon. They traded me there. And a few weeks later, I want to say, Patty Janelle told me, he said, uh, Cam, you were in Victoria. you know a guy named Kim Claxon? I said, I do. He says, I have a chance to get the guy. Should I get him? I said, hell yeah, get the guy. And so he traded, I don't know, whoever for you, uh, a couple good players. And you came to Flin Flon, and uh, Kim, you know, I think between you and I, we did pretty good physically on that team. I really do believe that you helped me quite a bit by the amount of guts and balls and stick your nose in there every single time. You would made me a better player, and I want to thank you for that because I lasted about 10 years. We had some
2: some crazy times. Do you remember they were mad at us in Regina – 'Cause we were running roughshod over him. Your your dad and I, Chris, we were running roughshod over. So they got this Regina Ram football player, big, big football player, put skates on him. And he had to hold the boards going around. So as he's going around, I'm trying to kick the skates out from underneath him <laughs> going around.
0: Believe they, me, he did. you have to he'd have to crawl out in the ice in a brawl to catch us. Well, Kim, now that you said you tried to kick the feet out. I remember one of the things you would always do, and I can't remember if it was junior, but I know in pro you did it, in the warm-ups, you used to, even if the other team was in their own end shooting, you would skate the full length around the ice, behind the nets, even in the other team's, teams end, to piss them off. Yes, and they, they got would. to the yeah. point where they said, we know Clarkson's coming here tonight, so about eight of them would stand behind the nets. There's no room. You didn't go around, you went through them. Do you remember doing that stuff? So uh, one time in
2: Indianapolis, uh, we're playing Birmingham. And what they did is some were sent them out early and sent them counterclockwise. So I come out of the end, I ran right over Billado, ran right over him. Yard sale, helmet, gloves, everything's laying on the ice. They scurried down to the other end. That was it. That was it for the game. I never,
0: never heard of people. At well, no, that's pretty good, buddy. That's pretty good. And so, Kim, what what was your playing weight? I'm going to say 200 pounds. I went from 195 to 24. Okay, and what was Billido? He was like 222 or something. Yeah, he was. He was pretty hefty. And I remember he wore a helmet that just went over his eyebrows. So if you're fighting him, you better hit him in the face because you're breaking your hand. He had a he had a he had a large sized melon that you know you could
2: you could get a couple of real good ones on that because it was big enough, a lot of room for error.
0: You know, when I, when I think about you, you remind me a lot of Marty McSorley. Marty McSorley started off just as a scrapper, but he worked hard and he became a well-rounded hockey player. And Kim, when you and I were in Flin Flon, you and I were never drinkers and wouldn't have the team parties. All the local guys would go drink and you and I wouldn't even show up. Not because we didn't want to be part of the team, we just we weren't drinkers I just remember after every practice seriously and I'll say every practice I I didn't try to get better so I could be a pro hockey player I just wanted to be a better player and when Patty named me captain of the team I felt like I had to be like the guard dog guarding the sheep and so you and I every day would stay after practice and there's some black sheep up there (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we'd stay on the ice for an extra half hour an hour every night almost do you do you remember that i did yeah it's uh
2: no i didn't i didn't drink in junior no i didn't stay at all but, but i didn't drink in junior uh i wanted once or twice i broke down but lightly i w- it was a commitment i did not want to i did not want to to get into that i wanted to show that i was serious i wanted to play
0: I want to play yeah. hockey I want to make a career of this yeah and so what do you know on some of my podcasts I've uh, I talked about Patty Janelle and and Great. when I I got into the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame and everybody else that was getting in that they were talking about their stats and how they did this and you know what I, I didn't care about that stuff I, I thank people that I really do believe, contributed to me making it in pro hockey and patty janelle was one of the five people that i thanked he believed in me he didn't just sit me on the bench and say go out and get that guy like the other coaches had done previous to that what about yourself could you tell me what did he do as much for you as he did for me um i think
2: it was instrumental in my career so when you look at it i'm playing in victoria in the coaching staff they don't get it. We traded coaches halfway through my first year, and then I got another coach, and it was better. We went to training camp. You and I are at training camp. We went to Powell River, and that was my only game that year. I think I might have dressed for one other game, and then I got traded to Flin Flon. And I got to Flin Flon, and Patty was, was a guy that gave you a lot of rope, tried to encourage you, wanted you to play your heart, wanted to play aggressive, wanted to – to encourage you and he he did wonders for me you know we we had quite an opportunity there we represented Canada at the Broadmoor tournament we went and played That's the correct. Russians and the U.S. we tied the U.S. national team we got the bronze medal and it's a shame that Patty set that all up and then he went he bought Victoria and went to Victoria
0: yeah, yeah. so I think we would have done a lot better if we would have yeah. had Patty. The only thing I was going to say because you brought up that tournament And, you know, anybody listening, Clacker, I said it already, I'll probably say it again, he had more balls than anybody I know. And uh, he was tough, man, tough, consistently. And he went to see The Exorcist in Minneapolis. (laughs) And I never forget it. He come back, he said he was so afraid of that movie Exorcist that he had to sleep with the light on three nights in a row. Now that might is pretty funny. It might have been four, have been
2: four. I'm I'm just... goalie. both goalies. The goalies were sitting there, and as soon as that blood squirted out of her neck, the goalies never opened their eyes again in the, during the theater.
0: That is pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah, that is pretty funny. And so, Kim, um, just so okay, so why did you go to the WHA? So, I have my reasons why I went. What about you? So Vancouver wanted to
2: sign me right before the draft. I, I considered that, and no, I was hoping to go to Toronto. I wanted yep. to go to Toronto, so I waited for the draft and we went, my dad, my brother, we went fishing and I come back from fishing and called my mom and she said, you got drafted by Indianapolis in the WHA. So I said, okay, and I, got, I was the first player taken in the second round. I thought, okay, that's interesting. I, I was going to play in the NHL. So come back and got drafted in the fifth round by Pittsburgh. And I don't get a call. A couple of weeks go by, I still don't get a call. So a scout in Regina calls me and said, hey, Kim, uh, the team's in bankruptcy. The sheriff's padlocked the door. You uh, you might get a call at training camp. We'll see if we're going to have training camp. We'll We'll get back to you. So, Frank was our agent, your agent, I think, too, Yeah. Called Frank and said, call Indy and tell him I'm really interested. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, worked out a deal with Indy, got uh, got good money, got 40, 50, 60 from Indy. Yeah. I got offered 100 grand to go to Vancouver before the draft. But yeah. <laughs> so, we go to our first game in Indy, and it's in Shearsville, Indiana. We're playing the... Minnesota Fighting Saints. Oh, that's that'd be fun. I'm supposed to meet the general manager after to get my contract to pick it up. Right, first period, first fight with Brackenberry, then Carlson, then Jeff Carlson. So yeah. it's
0: it, funny I fought all three of those guys too. Yeah, it just uh, that was just the dance card that night. Yes, yes, okay, and then so from Indy. Then how did you end up with the Jets? Because, I mean, that's year I was supposed to be with the Jets too, but I went to Montreal because Houston folded. So were you there in the WHA or NHL? So what happened was
2: uh, my second year in Indy, we've got a, a very good team. We're doing well. But the league's having trouble. They've, yeah. The league's financially having trouble. I go to Jacques Demir's. and I said, Jacques, I like playing here. I like his coach. I said, I'd like to buy a house here. He says, no problem. Clacker, he says, no problem. He says, you'll be a franchise player here for, for a long time. You can you know, go buy a house. <laughs> I go buy a house and I don't even make my first mortgage payment and Conacher comes to us and say, we all have to take a 15% deferral, take 15% out of our paycheck. I said, well, that's not my deal. So I said, I'll play the season out, and then you pay me in July. If you don't pay me, then I'm a free agent. So come July, they didn't pay me, so I declared a free agent. Then I had a chance. I could sign with Edmonton or Winnipeg, and Pat Stapleton and I were going as a package to Winnipeg. Excellent. That went on for three, four weeks, and then Pat called me and said, it's not going good for me. He said, I think uh, it's not what I want now, So, but they want you, so – you go there because Indy doesn't have any money. I went and signed with Winnipeg and we went to Sweden, uh, had training camp in Sweden. And I met Anders,
0: Elf, Bobby. and Excellent. Excellent. And you guys won the AFCO Cup the last year, correct? Last two years. We won Over it that the last year. last two years. I didn't realize that. Okay.
2: Yeah, we won it that year. And that team was destined to win the cup from first practice. We they were good. Uh, just scary good. Just so balanced. When you looked at, you know, the first line was Anders Ulf, and Bobby. The next line you had Willie Lindstrom, Danny Lebratton, Peter Sullivan. The next line we had Kenton Nielsen. Wow. Uh, Ronald Erickson. Just a, just a fabulous team. And then Kenny Baird, Lynn Powis were on the team. Barry Long, Schuberg. We had we had Teddy Green. Oh, no, I love Teddy. Oh, just just a great, just a phenomenal team. Guys all got along good. In fact, we went the first 20 games or something. We never even got close to a loss. And then I tore my knee out in Hartford. Team went and lost 10 straight. It was time for me to start to come back, and the team was on a winning streak. I couldn't get back in the lineup. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, couldn't get back in until you lose. So, but Grits is a fabulous team. They... Unbelievable what they could do. I, I get caught watching a lot of times, just watching the play of of Ulf and Bobby, and just I don't.
0: And it's like you say, though. You know what? They're outstanding talent. All those Swedes, but you know the Swedes that I played with. Not only were they good hockey players, they were really exceptional people too, weren't
2: they? Yes. Yeah. In fact, we had the fortieth anniversary of the first cup. They had a reunion in Sweden after that in the summertime, but it was right at the same time my youngest son, Chris, was getting married. And I said, I can't come this year, but we won the cups back to back. I said, I'll be over next year. And sure enough, last summer, uh, Donna and I went over and we spent eight days, went to Finland, had the party in Finland and saw all the guys and then went to Sweden, stayed in Sweden, went, visited Alf and Anders, Willie Lindstrom stayed with Willy, a lot of fun.
0: Well, for sure. So then you end up in Pittsburgh. Is that where you went from Winnipeg to Pittsburgh? So we were a
2: fourth place team in Winnipeg. We, uh, I wasn't playing much. I was unhappy. John Ferguson was a general manager. So I play a real good game and then I'd be in the stands. And so I'm, I'm demanding to be traded. I'm, I'm yelling at the coach. And so coach and I are having words and I have one on the bench. We have a, a shouting contest. And then uh, I come in after and Ferg comes in and says, get your stuff packed. You're out of here. You're gone. You're... So I went around and shook the hands of all the guys in the dressing room and said, okay, guys, thanks. You know, good luck. We'll see you. This is just before trade deadline. And I go up to Ferg's office. He said, sit down. You're not going anywhere. I just fired the coach. brought in Tommy McVie. No kidding. So Tommy came in and Tommy was what we needed. Great, great coach. And he had very good talent. That team, the Winnipeg Jets, the second team had the Houston guys and the Winnipeg guys. Tommy came in and first night was curfew. We had curfew every night (laughs) since then. But tactically, you know, Tommy was – him and Billy Sutherland were tacticians of the game – we came in, we had a strategy, let us play, you know, like my style, like what I play, Ferguson you know, was oh was yeah, a, he'd like it, yeah, I love playing for those guys we come up against Quebec we blew through Quebec, four straight in fact, we're in Quebec and Billado butt ends Scotty Campbell, oh no kidding So they open the door and I go on the ice, I'm looking down at this tooth, and this tooth, it looked like a dinosaur tooth, it looked like <laughs> size of a remote remote control almost. <laughs> that came out of his mouth. I couldn't believe the size of this tooth. So I went over and, and uh, had the best of five rounds with Bill And we went four straight in that series. And we were coming up against Edmonton. And Tommy did a, a great job, him and Billy, scouting that team, getting us down. We had set plays against Gretzky. We had them, we had them down to a t. As soon as they did one thing, we we were set set plays to counter in, and, and we rolled through them. We rolled through Edmonton, and we were three one in the series. We went back to Edmonton. They changed the game plan. This would be the fifth game, and we could win it in Edmonton. They changed. They went to four defensemen. Set me on the bench. It was seven one when I hit the ice.
0: That us. pisses me off.
2: 7-1. And I'm going, what? They wanted to give Shu some more ice time. So it, the game opened up 7-1. I got on the ice, and I was just living. Yep. I was happy. Who did you yeah. go after? Who did you go after? <laughs> everything that – everything that anything that came within the end of my stick. So we ended up losing that game 10-3. No. 10-3. So the next night – we go in to we come back to Winnipeg. And I, I f- firmly feel that they changed the game plan so we could get the home game back in Winnipeg. No kidding. The revenue. They, uh, they need revenue. Yeah. Thinking back at it and looking at the – they needed that game. They needed a gate. And they thought confident we had two more games to play. We could, you know, play the home game. We could – and uh, we did. We came out and we beat them. We beat them that night. Beat them like a drum. Wow! Well, Winnipeg won the cup. Guys like on that team, Willie Lindstrom, Barry Long. He was our captain. You know, yeah. he was. I got to know Barry. Was the captain, you know, they uh, we had Rich Preston, Morris Lukowicz. We, yeah. we had a really good
0: team. No, Scotty you did. But we shut them down. Well, when I think about you know when I ask about Pittsburgh, one of the things that I was so impressed is with you. When you played in Pittsburgh, I think it was one game. And you know they had a tough team, Boston. They probably had like five exceptionally tough players. And I think you fought Terry Riley, Jonathan, Secord, like the same game. Did you not? Yeah. So it was the first
2: time – it was my first NHL – it was my first NHL game. I played some exhibition games, but went into Boston. And it was uh, Jonathan Secord, Jonathan. And it was the first time the Penguins had won the game in Boston in 14 years.
0: (laughs) I I told you, you make people play better because you got more balls, man. Is that why you're doing so well in business? You still kind of drop the gloves back in the alley or what?
2: i uh, I sell real estate the same way i played. either you're on the team or you're not yeah well it's been very good in fact uh it was it was easy to make the change from real from hockey to real estate for me well,
0: your family was in real estate. I remember saskatoon coming in by bus and there'd be signs all over fields Claxon real estate or Claxon something everywhere I looked I saw the name Claxon so when you, when I saw that you were in real estate, now I think you're in commercial real estate. Am, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, real estate. I just said doesn't surprise me. It's in his blood. Yeah, my dad was in it, and so I was always looking for
2: what I was going to do when I was done the game. I would, I didn't think I was going to have a, a long, long career. You know, Cam, you knew the way I played. It was like a kamikaze. I played in Quebec. had a had a really good year in Quebec. Good team really good team good coach michelle bergeron's a very good coach and then i was a free agent and toronto came in and i so i signed with toronto i made a mistake signed with toronto went to training camp and i broke my wrist in the first game against hartford and i was out for three and a half months with a broken scaphoid bone in my wrist i got my real estate license in the summer times i, I got my I worked all taking lessons during the season and then so when I broke my wrist, I went back to Saskatoon and went back working with my dad to sell real estate. and I lost the urge to play. So OK.. okay. The, way I, the way I played, I had to yep. sweat blood well every day. I had to work out eight, 10 hours a day. I was practicing that, putting that time in real estate. So, so
0: this might be a goofy question, but unless you overcame it inside I thought you were fearless. Did did you ever get scared and say, man, I don't want to go after these guys, but I got to, or you just were fearless. Like I seriously, like, like I've said it, you got more guts than anybody I know. Nobody was safe on the other team. Seriously. Like was, where, where did that come from? It was a good challenge. And I wanted to take a bite out of that apple. So. Really? You just said it's a challenge. I got to see what, how I could do. Yeah. Wow.
2: Wow. So I remember this time in junior, uh, my first year. I'm 17 years old. We're playing in Edmonton. That's when uh, Shaw had the team. Yep. Darcy was there, they had uh, – Phil Russell
0: had been there, Johnny Rogers. There,
2: they had the, the Mackin brothers. They had – yeah, they, they had a good team. And they had – I went up against their, – they're tough guy at that time. I think of his name right now. Just slipped my
0: – Was it Johnny Rogers?
2: Ronnie Rogers. Um, no, was it? Phil Washington? Russell
0: was pretty tough. I don't know if Phil was there. Then Bladen um, was
2: around. I think of his name. Okay. Uh, big, about 6'2", 210, two, 212. His knuckles were on. It. He used to scrape the ground as he skated. Yep. Well, so I, I reached out. He, I hit Rhoda, so he came after me. And so I took a swing at him and, he held me straight out, held me up on my skates, and it took a swing at me. It was like a, a telephone post coming to my head. I like ducked that, I tried to get inside on him. But it was just just,
0: big farm kid. Just, yeah, I had my hands full that night. I, I like your answer. You know, you, you would just show up because, you know what, you just want to challenge yourself, win or lose. Did you ever worry about breaking a nose? No. How, did, so did you – have you broken your nose once or twice? Uh, I've got popped in the nose. I got popped in that. I had a bone, uh, bone bruise
2: over this eyebrow for a year because everybody kept, you know, you, you fight every, you fight three times a night. You know, you're you're gonna take, you're yeah. gonna take those, Cam. You know that. So yep. you, you're gonna take, I've taken some, you know, some some good hits.
1: Do you have <laughs> any nagging injuries right now?
2: I've got uh, I got a knee that I tore out that. It gives me a little problem. My back—I broke my back in in Indy, and that gives Whoa. me a little. You know, it hasn't been hasn't been that bad, you know. I fractured my wrist three or four times. Um, dislocated my shoulder. Dislocated my shoulder in the playoff game um, in against Speedy Creek when you and I were in Flynn Flon.
0: Right, right.
2: I don't know if you remember that play.
0: Tell me about it.
2: So we were losing six to five and I high stick somebody and I got a penalty. So they throw me in the penalty box. My penalty's up. I come out of the penalty box. I get a breakaway. I go in. I put the puck right at Lauren Mulligan's feet and go right in the net. Take him, the net, the puck, everything in the net. Tied the game six, six. (laughs) Hit the post with my shoulder. Take Uh the net off the post. Separated my shoulder. But – Go to the bench, get in. We go to overtime, and we got scored against uh, – the puck went in, in overtime. That was the end of our season, so I had all the season oh. that to heal.
0: But, I do remember that goal because uh, our bench was so excited f- for you to score a goal like that. We were pumped.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, I only got one or two that year, and that would be one of them, you know. so
0: That was your nicest. Yeah. So –
1: so I have a question um, that I don't think I've, I've asked anyone: Is what is a what was a seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-old Cam Connor really like? <laughs> As his son asks you, if you can, if you can remember, and you can be honest, yeah, if yeah. it's so if it's not now, a pretty now,
0: no, <laughs> no lie, lie to him, lie to him, Kim.
2: Cam called me and said, "My son's going to ask you some questions about me. You can't tell me the
1: answers." <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, tell him the
2: truth I got lots of stories, lots of stories for you Yeah <laughs> We're in Minnesota, right? No, yeah. don't go that right. one No, wait We got these red Team Canada jackets And so the elevator door opens This big guy with the red jackets Got a gorilla mask on That's your dad It's like, <laughs> No, good guy, good team guy I like to have fun Practical, practical joker. He was always trying to egg me on too. Oh, hey you know, he'd, he'd say, "Oh, you know, Gillies is here tonight. Gillies is, you know, looking for. Me. He knows where to find you. That's because I didn't want to fight him. That's
0: why. Yeah.
1: He's still like that with with the grandkids. He eggs them on, and uh, a practical joker. Yesterday, he left a, a pretend bloody finger around for the kids to see and <laughs> cause chaos, but they enjoy it. It's good times. So I would be uh, – the listeners would be disappointed if I didn't ask you who your toughest opponent was and your most memorable fight.
0: You had so many, it might take you 10 minutes to figure that out. So
2: in the WHA, my first year – was 1975 76. <clears throat> we had 14 bench clearers. Really? 14 times we cleared the bench. Against Cincinnati, we cleared the bench three times in one game. Rick Dudley will still never talk to me. <laughs>
0: oh, 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 so. That's old time uh, hockey. Holy cow.
2: Yeah. So, any, you know, all these guys are tough. All these guys, a lot of guys were, were very tough, you know. A lot of good scraps.
0: I got to so, believe Jonathan was pretty tough. Jonathan was tough. Jonathan was tough.
2: Secord was tough. Fatio would, would hang in there. We get in first time in Edmonton. We're playing in Edmonton. I'm with Winnipeg now. I'm down standing in front of our net. And they opened the gate. And they let Semenko out. So I said, okay. So here's here comes Semenko down. and It's on the face-off circle. And, and so he's standing there. So... They dropped the puck, so I give him a real good cross check and go, Phew! and the stick comes back at me, going like this, going, well, this is going to be a tough one tonight. So I knew that one. We had, a, we had a real good back and forth, back and forth, back and forth that night. And then after the game, Ferguson came in. He's just grinning from ear to ear. He says, That's a heavyweight fight. He said, That was a heavyweight fight. Loved that one, right? From, you know. So I had a lot with Simenko. Simenko and I went a lot of times.
0: Well, I I was with Edmonton and we were in Pittsburgh, and uh, as I recall it, Gretzky was trying to go around you wide, and I remember saying to myself, "Oh, that's not a good move, for Gretzky trying to," and I and and I knew you're gonna two hand him. And you. No, 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 no. Let me tell this. Let me tell this. Okay, we'll hear your story. So
2: what happened was the puck got dumped into my corner, and I was going across the front of the crease and you could feel the back checker coming up on me so i held my stick out i put my stick out at waist high to hold the back checker up to get to the boards And i didn't know that gretzky was coming through the crease and greg milne had tripped him greg uh, so held his skates up so gretzky's coming by through the crease at my stick height right you know just at Just above the waist high it was a little between the waist and the shoulders my stick was up and so um i caught him for 10 stitches over the eye i didn't mean to i didn't even know he was there let alone he was flying through the air so he crumpled into the corner and sure enough uh, messier jumps in my back and then uh going to the box you jump on me and then i had uh, a fight and it's all it's all on tape i've seen it a number of times so i get in the box so so my uncle and I are, are boxing, shadow boxing in the box, and then the referees have enough of me by then. So they take me and my helmet and my gloves and they throw me out of the rink. So I walk down the tunnel, pick up my helmet, get my gloves, put my helmet back on, put my chin strap back on, turn around, open the gate, come back out. Fight's still going on. I hadn't had enough. Okay. So I come out, so Hunter sees me. So Hunter comes, so Hunter and I get in a scrap. I give it to Hunter pretty good. And then Sather sees sees me, and he throws a water bottle at me. So, at that time, the fans behind the bench claps in the, the behind on him. There's a a fan yep. named Ho Hum. He gets involved. He's trying to stab Sather with this with this big safety pin. So I get the water bottle. And I'm squirting Sather with this water bottle as Ho Hum's trying to stab him with his safety pin. And then Semenko comes over. And Semenko and I get into a, a real good bout, and I I light him up pretty good, and then the referees grab me and throw me out again. So if they would have known that I'd come back in the ice, they would have.
0: Oh, you had been out for six months. So that's yeah. Well, I I remember when I was in there, because um, I went out with Semenks after the game, and what Semenks had said that that he said. This is what I remember he told me was that you guys fought like five times that game. And he said, oh, yeah, I gave it to Claxer, I gave it to Claxer, And I said, well, how come Clacker doesn't have one mark on his face and your eye is closed? That's what I remember. He couldn't see out of his eye. Yeah, I smacked him a couple of real good ones, That, that, that
2: especially the last one. I opened them up pretty good. <clears throat> I didn't open him, but I, I closed his eye up real good because he couldn't play the next night in Buffalo or two nights later in Buffalo cause he's both eyes closed up.
1: On the podcast, dad talks about, uh, his biggest regret in hockey and he gives, uh, advice. So is there a, a regret that you have throughout your career that stands out? I,
2: we went to Toronto. I probably, as another, I probably shouldn't have gone to Toronto uh, as a kid. You want to play in Toronto? I probably would have been better if I didn't go to Toronto. Uh, regrets? No, I had a pretty good career. I I enjoyed oh. what I did. I played, I played as long as I wanted to. I made a lot of money, as far as I was concerned. I played. I they paid me well. I was. Uh, um,
0: you earned your money, buddy. You earned your paychecks.
2: I didn't, think, I didn't. I wasn't playing for money. I it was, you know, I was I was making ninety two, ninety three five in in <laughs> Quebec. I was playing with guys that are making fourteen thousand four hundred a year.
0: Really? Two
2: guys were making fourteen thousand four hundred a year. I was making ninety three five. Now, some of the guys, uh, Bernier, some of those guys were making, I think, two and a half. Yeah. But that, I was making good. There's, there was guys in that time. Sutter, Sutter wasn't making. He says in his book, he wasn't making thirty. Wow. No, no, I was
0: I was happy with what they were paying us, and so. Wow, uh, wow. Well, Kim, I've had you on, and Chris and I—we've had you on longer than maybe we planned to. But you're an interesting character, and I could probably seriously talk to another long time with you. And I just want to say that it was a real pleasure to play with you. Not so much fun playing against you, but you know, you were uh, you always made a team better when you played for them you always did and uh you're a true legend to a lot of people and to me I'm um, I'm your biggest fan buddy because you showed up every single night and I admired that trait thanks Cameron I enjoyed playing with you 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 added a lot of toughness a lot
2: of offense Chris you your dad was uh he played on a line that was one of the best lines in junior hockey. It was a fabulous line, you know, and your dad really grew with that line. He gave them room, let them, let them play, and, boy, it was, it was a big part of our team. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Fun to play with. Yeah. It, uh, those, are, those are memories, and like I said, buddy, it's 45 years or more. Like, where is the time gone, man? Like, where is the time gone? Mr. Blink, Blink and it gone. Yeah. Well, Kim, I hope to stay in touch with you. And again, you're a good man. And I appreciate you coming on our podcast. And um, again, I hope to stay in touch with you. And thank you, thank you very much. Guys, thanks very much. Yeah, thank life. you. Stay safe. All right. You too. Kim, thank thanks. you. Bye-bye.